When the lockdown began last spring, I began to bake bread. Apparently, I was not alone, so not alone that, in fact, I'm almost embarrassed to admit to becoming such a boring cliché. The week of March 25th, 2020, the number of Google searches for the word bread hit an all-time high. Flour was impossible to get. Thousands of us across the country were cracking open preciously titled books with beautiful covers and impossibly technical recipes, weighing out salt and yeast by the gram, dusting off flowers off our hands, and slowly finding the dance between time and temperature and the active yeast cultures that make bread so delicious. I can't quite explain it, but my urge to bake bread was strong. Do you all remember those early days of last spring? We've all had, I know, different experiences of this past year and a half, and it's important not to universalize just one. So for me, the things I remember most about those early days in particular were anxiety, despair, disconnection, doom-scrolling, a deepening tethering to technology. Perhaps some of you can relate to any or just one of those things. Baking bread was not only something that I could focus on other than the global deadly pandemic and upending life and causing death across the world, not only something to do that disconnected me from the internet. It also offered a concrete way to nourish the people I love. It also offered a particular kind of physical pleasure in making and in sharing and in eating. There was something so delightful about feeling the dough in my hands, about seeing the look of joy behind a friend's masked face when I dropped off a loaf, about popping a piece of buttery deliciousness into my mouth, still warm from the oven. At least, if I couldn't touch people, I could feed them. At least, if I couldn't hug people, I could stick my hands into that wet dough, folding it, shaping it, loving it into loaves that would nourish and delight them. In our reading from this evening from John's Gospel, we get two iconic images of Jesus. Jesus miraculously feeding the 5,000. Jesus miraculously walking on water. There's a lot to unpack here that I don't have time to go into here. But I do want you to see these two stories, or these stories, as part of a build-up. This burgeoning sense that this Jesus character is someone different, someone miraculous, someone great. If we zoom out to the whole chapter, the miracle story where Jesus feeds the people bread sets the context for Jesus offering himself as bread. I am the bread of life, he says in the 35th verse of this same chapter. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. It's within this larger context that I want to focus for a moment on a line in the middle of our passage that stands apart. If you remember when Pam read this, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. They wanted to make him king. He asked them to make him bread instead. 
They wanted to make him king. He asked them to make him bread instead. Still, we want to make him king. And Jesus, in a way that is radical, humble, and eternally wise, declines this oh-so-human demand. He asks us to make him bread instead. I've admitted to you before, not to you because I don't know you, but I have admitted to this group, and I will admit again, that my understanding of and relationship with Jesus Christ is continuously in formation and is often still a struggle in my journey as a Christian and in my formation as a minister. That didn't all of a sudden magically change once I became ordained. And Jesus and John's gospel in particular, with John's focus on Jesus as the only way, the only truth, the only life, deliberately set up to be understood in opposition to Jewish tradition in the first century, that idea of Jesus has been a particular stumbling block for me. And in an age when so many men want to be king, I struggle with the metaphor of yet another sovereign, all-powerful ruler. I still cannot tell you that I know precisely and definitively who Jesus is. But bread? Bread I get. And as I wrestled with this passage in the context of what I know about bread, it suddenly dawned on me. What if Jesus came not to rule us, but to nourish us, perhaps even to delight us? I'll say it again. What if Jesus came not to rule, but to nourish, to delight? And as followers of Jesus, what if this too is our call? To nourish one another, to delight one another, and in one another. One thing that has been so humbling about this past year, a year of COVID-19, of a contentious election, of police brutality, a national reckoning on racial justice, is that we've been forced to reimagine what it means to be a hero. And for so many stories of our culture, so many stories in our culture, are stories of an individual hero narrative, the superhero, the savior, the king, and when we are anxious, despairing, disconnected, and doom-scrolling, we so often want kings. We want rulers and heroes who will tell us what to do. Like the crowd of people who want to force Jesus to become king, we project our fears and anxieties and despair and disconnection onto that one person, hoping they alone can solve all our problems. As human beings, we only need to look to our history and even into our theology, to see this authoritarian longing, this human desire for hierarchy and order and rule. But hero stories are insufficient and perhaps even disastrous for a world as interconnected as ours, a world that faces intertwining, tangled-up challenges of racial injustice, a broken policing system, climate change, poverty, vast inequality. No hero can take on all of these things alone. But what makes Jesus different, miraculous, and yes, even great, is that he refuses this kingship that we so desperately want to give him, at least in this earthly way. Instead, he feeds us 
knowing that it is not another king we need, not yet another hero, but bread. Jesus has faith that with just the right amount of nourishment and a dash of delight, perhaps we, his people, together can make a way out of no way. With a little bit of faith, perhaps we, his people, together can find the miraculous in the mundane. With a little bit of love, perhaps we, his people, together can take a world of scarcity and fear and find abundance and hope. Because the beautiful thing about bread in this passage is that it is shared. The power of this bread is not top-down, but it is bottom-up, feeding people, feeding each person both individually and in turn as a collective. I can almost see their faces, delight spreading through the 5,000 as their mouths taste the miraculous loaves and they find nourishment in the bread that Jesus offers. And they pass that joy to one another. A nourished and delighted community is a powerful community indeed. Our metaphors matter. If we, like the crowd, try to force Jesus to be a king, like our earthly rulers, our superhero to solve all our problems, our theology becomes complacent, our kingdom of God ordered in a way that aligns with earthly oppression and hierarchy. But if Jesus is bread, as he calls himself able to feed us all and miraculously more abundant when shared, perhaps God's kingdom is more like yeast, active, generative, growing, as all of God's works nourish and delight in one another in praise. So, beloved community of Richmond Hill, what is our call with this news? What in your life, in you and in others, what needs nourishment? Where can you offer delight? What can we nourish in the city of Richmond, Virginia? To whom can we offer delight. I will say that this time of pandemic that is a roller coaster and in all of our lives, wherever you are right now, there is sadness, there is despair, there is sometimes a sense that we can't do it alone. And that's when we need to nourish each other and tend to one another and care for one another. How can we take this living bread that Jesus offers and in turn become bread for the world? So as we go out into the world this week, my challenge to all of you is this. Tend to one another. Nourish one another. Find delight in one another. Find ways to bring delight to one another. And so may we be bread to one another as a community of Richmond Hill and as a city of Richmond, Virginia. May we nourish and delight one another. May we take the light of Jesus into our lives, the bread of life that he offers, and offer it to one another and offer it to this city as we seek together God's healing in our city of metropolitan Richmond. May it be so only with God's help. Amen. <laughs>